Blog Talk Radio. Animal advocates and pet lovers out there, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I'm really excited to announce that there is a brand spanking new German Shepherd Rescue here in Southern California, and Michelle Loera will be here shortly to tell us about this very luxurious facility and how they're helping homeless German Shepherds get a second chance for a permanent home. Then, after our halftime break, Marianne Dill will be stopping by with a brand new batch of pet-related books that she's just reviewed, and she always picks out some brilliant stories that you won't want to miss hearing about. It's going to be a jam-packed episode, so keep your radio tuned right here to K Mozart for more of the Pet Place Radio Show. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on K Mozart. I'm Marie Hewlett, and I'm so excited to introduce our next guest. It's Michelle Loera, the Director of Development and Community Relations for Westside German Shepherd Rescue. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to the Pet Place. Hi. Thank you so much for having us. Hey, I just heard that you've opened up a very cool new facility here in the Los Angeles area. Can you tell me about that? Yes, in um, the end of October of 2011, we were um, happy to move into our new state-of-the-art home. It's in West Los Angeles, and it's a facility that's designed to look like a Cape Cod home wow. where we use this as a um, new way to rehome animals. Specifically for us, it's German Shepherds and Shepherd Mixes. When you say a new way to rehome, um, can you describe a little bit about that process? Sure. Um, you know, what we've noticed with the cycle of the two million dogs a year, say, that are euthanized in the shelters because too few people are willing to adopt. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to, you know, our goal is to end the distinction between buying and adopting to elevate these dogs in transition out of their second-class citizen status and melt away the stigma that has for too long been a barrier to people who want to add a four-legged family member to their family not choosing adoption because they're concerned that they might there might be an element of risk or sacrifice involved. Mm -hmm. And so with us and our facility, we have over 100 dogs available for adoption. 60 of them are on site at the facility. So we provide the dogs with full medical care when we rescue them from the city and county shelters. Wow. We have a vet clinic on site. So you, we do. you really have a vet clinic on site? We do. That's we, fabulous. We do. I mean, we put so much care into each and every dog that we rescue. We make a, a commitment to every animal that we bring into our rescue uh-huh. to provide them with the services that they're, they're an underserved um, community. Yes, they are. And they don't get that kind of care in shelters. No, they don't. Unfortunately, they, there's just too many animals, and the shelters just don't have the resources and the... Uh, the manpower to be able to uh-huh. handle all the the thousands and thousands and thousands of pets that come through each and every year. Yes. So we, we provide that for these wonderful, deserving creatures. Oh, we give them the great. full blood panel. We can do, you know, to check them for internal parasites. Mm-hmm. Um, we can do ultrasound, uh, digital x-ray. 
we also have, we do all of our own spay neuters. Mm-hmm. We do the vaccination, the microchipping, and we also have an isolation area. If we have dogs that are, are seriously ill, we can keep them separate from the other dogs where they have their own separate area with separate air intake, so there's no transfer of any disease. Wow. And it's all done with the same staff. So they're not being carted around from a kennel to a hospital to a specialist, you know, back to a kennel. Mm-hmm. They have the consistency of a very calm, nurturing environment with very caring people mm-hmm. who really have the best interest at heart for these animals like they were their own family members. That is just wonderful. Do you have open house days? Can people come by any time and have a tour of the facility? And then also, where is the facility located exactly? Well, we are located at 1845 Pontius Avenue in Los Angeles, and that's in West L.A. off of the area of the 405 freeway and the Santa Monica Boulevard exit. Oh, okay. You're really close to our radio station. <laughs> yes, we're, we're neighbors. Um, <laughs> That's cool. You're going to have to swing over and take a look. Yes. Um, we're, you can check on the site for the hours. It's www.wgsr.org. Okay. And people are welcome to come. Um, our staff and our volunteers are serving adopters, so it's a little hard sometimes to, you know, give an on-the-spot tour, but if oh, people would okay. like to contact me directly to schedule a tour, and then I will be setting up a time where once a week maybe we're going to have an open house or once every two weeks where people can come down and have some cookies and the soda and learn more about what we're doing and so forth. Okay, so how could they contact you directly? Let's say there's a Girl Scout troop that wants to come by for a tour. How could they do that? They can call me directly on my direct line, which is area code 310-678-5577, or email me at m-l-o-e-r-a at wgsr.org. Wonderful. You know... The way you're describing this place, Cape Cod Cottages and that sort of thing with a vet staff and a vet hospital, the whole nine yards, how was this funded? Do you have a secret benefactor somewhere? Well, we were fortunate in um, having Ron and Catherine Gershman, who are adopters and also philanthropists, who, as they got closer to the organization because they adopted and Catherine became a volunteer, and then her husband, Ron, who's a retired psychiatrist and a very successful businessman, took a look at what the amazing dogs that we have in our rescue and how could these dogs in such high volumes be homeless mm-hmm. and at, on death row in the, in the shelters. And he wanted to not only help us get a location of our own, but really help design a model that would facilitate the adoption process and make it accessible to people who normally wouldn't give it any consideration. So they were the people who basically provided the um, funding grant for the facility. But we're still an organization that's a 501c3 funded solely by donations. Okay. Contributions from individuals who um, support the cause, who know the good work that we do, that we're a best practices rescue, previous adopters, so on and so forth. If somebody did want to help you out financially, is there a way to do that on your website? 
Yes, on the website there is a navigation bar across the top and how to help. And you can click on the how to help and you can see to donate. Uh, people can donate via credit card, PayPal, they can send a check if they'd like to call to discuss um, naming opportunities because we also have naming opportunities in the facility. Oh, great. Um, and those or, make great gifts, too. Yes, we have. We do in honor cards, in memory of cards. We have um, a founding members wall in our community or room. How about a Valentine's present? Yes, Boy, what a way to impress your Valentine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this this puppy was rescued in your honor. There you go. <laughs> that's, that's a that's a shoe in for love. Definitely. <laughs> if somebody wanted to volunteer, do you have any volunteer opportunities, or are y'all squared away on that front? No, no. We we're we're predominantly run by volunteers. Okay. Um, same thing on the site. You can go to the how to help and click down to volunteer, where you can fill out an application. We have a. Orientation, yeah, we have an orientation, and depending on what somebody would like to do or has special skills, I mean, we need help walking the dogs, training the dogs, grooming the dogs. Mm -hmm. We need help fundraising, um, working on marketing and PR, as well as grant writing, um, writing for newsletters, photographing the dogs. One thing our site is known for is having amazing pictures of the dogs that we have available for adoption, and that's all done by volunteers who have maybe, you know, a great camera or a good eye uh-huh. <laughs> or maybe have had some professional photography or, you know, strong hobbyists in the photography area. We have really awesome pictures on our sites of the dogs. So, so you have lots of volunteer opportunities, and that's mm-hmm. really good because I know a lot of people that I've encountered over the years really do want to help out, but they can't help out financially, but they're happy to donate their time if that's possible. So this sounds like a great opportunity for a lot of folks who care about animals and who in particular love German Shepherds who are just gorgeous, gorgeous dogs. Yeah, yeah. there's lots of opportunity. And how, it's a, how is it that so many of these beautiful German Shepherds end up homeless? I just can't imagine how that happens. You know, it's a combination of the economy, um, people losing their homes, losing their jobs, having to relocate to go live with family in another state. They can't take their dog. Do you find also that people adopt a German Shepherd puppy and they don't realize what's involved in caring for a German Shepherd and how big they're going to get and and the time investment that they're going to need? And so you get dogs that are maybe one or two years old that the people will just say, I just don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. People don't realize the commitment that it takes to raise a large breed dog, whether it's a shepherd or a lab or just any dog that's energetic that might have special abilities to do some kind of work yeah. <laughs> or just exuberance. Uh-huh. So, yeah, they're that's so intelligent and amazing yeah. dogs. They just need somebody who's going to work with that intelligence and give them lots of fun jobs to do and, and really be a true buddy. <laughs> yeah, and we pride ourselves on the matching process when adopters come to us. We we get to know our dogs very well, and so when somebody comes and sits down and they describe their lifestyle, we try to match them up with a dog that's going to fit their energy level okay. rather than giving them the dog that's got so much energy that it's a dog that needs to, you know, hike every day and should be out sniffing bombs. <laughs> you know, they, need a, they want a couch potato cuddle bug family uh-huh. member. 
Um, so we're going to try to match people up with the right temperament and energy level of dog that will blend well with their family, with their kids, with their other pets. We'll do dog introductions. We also do cat testing. We have cats on site available for adoption. Yeah, I heard one of your little kitties in the background uh, chiming <laughs> in with some opinions a little bit ago. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and they're they're dog-friendly cats. So Okay, so they're yeah. used to all of the big dogs around, so they're mm-hmm. perfect. Oh, how yeah. fun. And how many dogs did you say you currently have available for adoption? We have over 100 dogs. Our census ranges between 100 to 130 dogs. And we have 60 on site at the facility, plus we usually have puppies because we have two dedicated areas that are kind of maternal care puppy rooms where we're able to rescue um, litters of puppies with their mother or a mother who's about to give birth, or sometimes we'll get a dog and it won't be known that she's with going to have puppies. Sure. And are there some in foster care, too? Mm-hmm. There's a lot in foster care. We have usually at least half of our um, total dogs are in foster care. Okay. And we always right. need foster homes also. Hey, that's another great uh, volunteer opportunity, too. Mm-hmm. And it's also, I talked about this with uh, someone from Rescue a while back, but foster care is also a great way to do a test drive to see if you're ready to adopt permanently. And it might turn out that the dog you foster is a dog that you end up adopting. So it's it's a good win-win situation for everybody if you're interested in fostering. It really is. And when you foster, you save a life because you're opening up a space for another dog to mm-hmm. come into the facility. You're giving that dog a lovely, family, safe place to transition. It's uh, so rewarding, and the adoptive families that we place the dogs with are are fantastic, and they keep in touch. They, you know, it's every year I get at Christmas time I get pictures <laughs> of the dogs I fostered, and you know people stay connected. So it's it's like a little birdie leaves the nest, but it's not a sad experience. Oh, that it's sounds really, so cool. I'm like, okay, Buddy's gonna go live in Santa Ynez on a lovely ranch. I I, I think he'd like that. Wow. <laughs> so. Well, the facility sounds wonderful. The organization is just fabulous, and I wish you the best of luck. And I hope you keep in touch and and send us some pictures, too. We could post them on the Pet Place website. We absolutely will. If anybody would like to learn more about us, please visit our website at wgsr.org, and you can also connect to our Facebook page through that as well. And if anybody has any questions or anything, you know, feel free to reach out to me. Fabulous. Thanks for being with us today. It's time for a quick break now, but when we return, Marianne Dill will be here to review some great pet-related books, so don't go away, and we'll be right back with more Pet Place on K-Mozart. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show with Marianne Dell, our ultra-fantastic Pet Place book reviewer. Hi, Marianne. Hi, Marie. How's it going? It's going well. How are you? I'm doing really well, too, and I'm excited to hear about the books you've reviewed. Yeah, I thought we'd split them this time. There's a couple for kids and a couple for adults. Oh, great. And what are we starting with? Okay, we're starting with Puppy Poems from A to Z by Peggy Archer, illustrated by Stephanie Buscema. Okay. And it's it's very cute. Um, Archer came up with this book when she got a dog and was trying to figure out what to name it, and uh, she wound up with Snickers because she wrote a little poem about how Snickers is a creamy caramel with chocolate ears and whiskers. <laughs> 
And so there's the letters A to Z, and each one features a different breed of dog and a name that starts with that letter. Oh, great. Yeah, and there's some breeds in here I honestly have never heard of, and I didn't think that was possible. (laughs) Give some examples. Um, And I'll probably mispronounce these, but there's one called the Dutch Smoothhund. Wow. (laughs) Smoothhund. Smoothhund. The Niederlaufhund. Wow. And the Basset Favre de Bretagne. Well, that sounds like a very fancy (laughs) Basset. Exactly. French basset. Does he come with a, uh, let's see, a French chapeau? No doubt, or or a nice glass of Bordeaux, (laughs) one or the other. Uh, That is very cute, but those might be some hard words for beginning readers. Well, the nice thing is the breeds are just listed on the side. They're not part of the poem. Oh, okay. The poems are really simple, and and most of the breeds are more along the lines of Collie and Cocker Spaniel and Poodle. Oh, very good. (laughs) Sounds fun. Yeah. And you have another book for children called Time for a Bath. Yes. This one's by Steve Jenkins and Robin Page, and... It's it's really kind of neat. It might be kind of fun for folks whose kids don't really want to get in that tub or that shower. Um, maybe they would if they understood how the giant ant eater takes the bath or the scaly ant eater. Ah. He's, you know, he's got these scales, and what he does is he lays lies on an ant nest and he lifts up the scales, and the ants crawl beneath the scales because there's dirt and stuff in there, oh. and they pull it out. Yeah, and then, and then he snaps the scale shut, and that takes care of the ants. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, and, you know, then there's more still kind of ucky, but a little more common things like the rhinoceros, which, of course, takes a mud bath mm-hmm. um, and gets dirty, not clean. Yeah. Um, but they have to do that to protect their skin. Sure. And, uh, you know, birds who bathe each other by flapping and splashing water all over one another. Well, that might be fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of a cool little thing to say, you know, we can get in the shower and we can maybe do this. <laughs> Or just here's how it's different for all different species. And then in the back of the book, there's some interesting little facts about each of the breeds. So it's kind of cool because in addition to, you know, information about how they get clean um, or dirty, Uh there's little paragraphs on where you can find them, where they live, what their habitat is. Oh, that sounds very cool. And it's it's a great way to say... It's so much better just to stand under a shower. Indeed. (laughs) I couldn't agree more. Okay. Yeah, uh, not laying on an anthill, that's for sure. No, we'll skip that one. Thank you very much. (laughs) Okay, let's, from uh, taking a bath to dog photography, let's let's hear about that. Yeah, this is another in the series of Dummies books. Oh, okay. uh, By Kim Rogers and Sarah Sipniewski, who have a photography business, um, I believe it's in Santa Monica. They're here in Southern California. Okay. And what I love about this book is not only does it, you know, gives you some really, really good information about photography, equipment, uh, software to use, and it doesn't matter whether you want to photograph dogs or flowers or your family. Mm-hmm. But Sipniewski sent me an email asking if I'd be interested in it, and she explained that a portion of the proceeds go to rescue groups. Oh, Excellent. Yes, they are very big into rescue. They donate a lot of their time and their efforts and their proceeds to rescue. And 
you know, that's my kind of people. <laughs> so it's nice to support these authors, Kim Rogers and Sarah Sipniewski. Absolutely. And their book is Dog Photography for Dummies. <laughs> And and just one other plus about the book, their rule number one is always put the dog first. Make sure your dog is comfortable. Don't do anything to harm or stress him. And nothing is worth getting a good picture if it hurts your animal. That's so true. Absolutely. And don't embarrass him for eternity by putting him (laughs) in a real dorky costume. Well, we won't talk about that, Marie. (laughs) I've never done that to any of my dogs. Uh-oh. <laughs> and on that note, let's uh, move right along to your last book. <laughs> this is called Going Home, Finding Peace When Pets Die, Aww. and it's by John Katz. Mm-hmm. And Katz has written a whole lot of books about dogs. Um, people have probably seen his stuff about his mostly border collies with whom he shares a farm uh, in upstate New York. Mm-hmm. And he's also written some nonfiction books about uh, one of my favorites was The Work of Dogs, about different jobs dogs do, like therapy work, service work, okay. search and rescue. Sounds uh, interesting. That type of thing. Mm-hmm. This is his effort to help people with the process of losing a beloved pet. And he puts it in the context of a dog he lost and weaves the book around that story and talks about how he's come to term with terms with things, um, how he's come to view animals, how he's come to view the cycle of life and death, and, you know, in the hopes that some of his thoughts will help people who are having a hard time. Because as you and I both know, I mean, we both have a rich, rich circle of friends and family who are there to support us when we mm-hmm. lose our furry loved ones. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't. Right, right. And they see the grief that they naturally feel as something odd, something to be embarrassed about, and something they can't express. Mm-hmm. And so I don't agree with all of his takes on things, and that's just personal. He sees life and animals placed in it the way he does, and I see it the way I do. But mm-hmm. I do think there's a lot of good thought in here and a lot of stuff that people who really don't know where to turn uh, can find, I think, some comfort and maybe some places to begin healing. Wow. And, you know, that would also apply to people who work in rescue, who do so much to help animals who are in critical condition, only to have uh, the result be a very sad result where the animal doesn't make it even, because even in rescue you get attached to the animals you're helping, and that can be very difficult. You absolutely do, and in some cases, I know I've gone through this. I recently lost one of my little rescue dogs, and it was quite sudden. And when when you don't have the opportunity to get an animal into a home where you know they're going to be loved for life, and you're that stability, and you're the one giving it to them, even though in your heart you know it's temporary, it can be extra devastating when those animals leave us because mm-hmm. we're left with some guilt, I think, over the fact that we couldn't do enough to save them and get them into what we hoped would be a permanent home. It's it's really, I know so many people do so much for rescued animals, and a lot of times they come under uh, criticism, actually, because they're spending so many resources on one particular animal who has a very serious veterinary issue 
And people say, why don't you put that money into other animals who would benefit more rather than put it into an animal who may not even make it? Yes, I, I've I've gotten that response from people. Um, in fact, when I told somebody the amount I was spending on this particular dog, I was asked that very question. And to me, and again, this is personal for everybody. Everybody sees it differently. To me, there was no question about what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very small-scale rescue, and my animals that I rescue are like my family until I can place them with other people who will be their family, and Absolutely. I wouldn't give them any shorter shrift than I give my own dogs. That's really good to hear, and, and I, I think every rescue who makes the decision to help out an animal, even if it doesn't work out, they've made the right decision because every one of those little innocent lives matter. And Marianne, you really bring us a lot of things to think about when you stop by. And I can't thank you enough for all that you do personally for the animals. And also thanks for making time for us today. Well, thank you for having me, Marie. It's always a pleasure. We need to take one last break now, but don't go away because we'll be right back with Pet Place News and Events here on K-Mozart. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. If you've ever wanted to attend a graduation ceremony for working canines, you have the opportunity to watch a very special event. On February 17th from noon to 1 p.m., the Canine Companions for Independence will be graduating a brand new class of assistance dogs and their new owners. Canine Companions graduation ceremonies are free to the public and occur four times a year. At these inspiring events, people with disabilities graduate alongside their new highly trained assistance dogs. These dogs have been in training for over two years and know approximately 50 commands, including opening doors, activating light switches, and retrieving dropped objects. The graduation ceremony is the cumulative of an intensive residential two-week team training course with these new human canine partners at Canine Companions Southwest Regional Training Center in Oceanside. For more information, call 760-901-4300. And don't forget to check out our website at www.petplace.org to send us your comments or suggestions for the show and see what other fun animal-related activities there are on the Pet Place calendar. Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend with more of the Pet Place here on K-Mozart. I'm Marie Hewitt. Please stay or neuter your pets and have a wonderful day.
this time around, you know, since she's so much older, she got a, a lead part. So that was cool. And she did a really good job. She has so much fun. I think the kids enjoy that a lot. Well, Ariana definitely does because she's my daughter. <laughs> I think they're doing the Lady Pirates of, I can't remember the name, the Lady Pirates of something for their next show. But that starts next month for auditions. She applied to go to Orange County High School of the Arts. She applied um, last year and didn't get in. It was really horrible. I felt so sad for her because she's never been rejected for anything. And so she was so confident that she'd get it. My husband goes to it. He got in a couple years ago. Oh, okay. Right before me, I guess. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, so she tried again. But he's loving it. Yeah. It's the perfect goal for Ari. I really hope she gets it. And hopefully she gets it. It's a good lesson in persisting to get what you want. You don't always get it. You're really blessed if you get most everything the first time. But uh-huh. I 